8.03 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. We made it through the week. I mean, we did. Your Friday's like literally not started yet, but we're almost done. Final hour of the show. You are listening to the Halford & Ruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford & Ruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, hour three of the program. Moj is going to join us to kick off hour three here. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at kintech.net. To the phone lines we go. Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Moj? I got a doozy for you guys. Go. So I've been listening, like, you know, you're talking about stuff you believed in as a kid and all that. Mm-hmm. So I went to Hawaii. I might have, I don't know, probably like 10 or 11 years old, went with my parents. We got the big trip planned to Pearl Harbor. And, you know, you heard about the USS Arizona and this and that. You know, like I'm a little kid, a little bit of a, you know, history slash war nut. And I'm expecting, like, this just to be like some big, like, mess, right? I'll never forget our tour guide. And I don't know why I remember his name, Ambie Cruz. He goes, you do know that they've cleaned things up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see Ruins. Yeah, I was like, ah, it's cool. Yeah. I just thought it would be cooler. That's yeah. cool that you were yeah. a war nut at 10 years old. What's going on there? I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Like, I took classes, well, obviously, history classes in university, and... I don't know what it is, but World War II always kind of fascinated me. It's just like, you know, the history of it, all mm-hmm. of it, and just, you know, studied it, took courses or took classes on it. Um, and it's weird because I'm not into any other kind of, like, conflicts. Like, if you ask me about <laughs> World War One, I, I barely know anything, right? But, right. you know, World War Two, I could tell you about, you know, you know, the key players, obviously, the key battles. The know, characters the were more interesting in World War Two. I don't know. It's just like I said, for whatever reason, it just fascinated me. Yeah. No, I'm the, I'm the same way. But I think I get that from my dad because he's born in England, so heard a lot of yeah. stories. Oh, Did yeah. you know that England was the uh, the hero oh. and everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Heard a lot of like, that, you know, too. My dad fought in World War II, so, you know, when I was a kid, you know, you heard stories and all that, and your parents growing up in World War II, so obviously I always heard the story, so maybe that's where kind of like the fascination was started. And now we transition to sports. So yeah. the Red Blacks are at BC Place tomorrow. I guess the idea with the Lions is don't get tripped up like you did in the Hamilton game. That's a great point. And, you know, you look at the fact that Ottawa comes into town on a six-game losing streak. They're three and nine. They came off a a devastating defeat in, you know, losing to Hamilton, which basically, like, eliminates them from the playoffs for all intent and purposes. And, yeah, I know it's the CFL, but for Ottawa to make the playoffs, I mean, they need to go, like, five and one, and it's not going to happen. But, you know, you look at, Hamilton, when they came into town, they had just lost to the Edmonton Elks, and that was Edmonton's first win of the year. The scary thing about the Red Blocks is the fact that they've lost nine games. Six of those have been by one score or less, and the biggest margin of defeat is 13 points. So as bad as they've been, they've competed in every single game. So, you know, the Lions are going to have to come out and compete. And you know, like I wrote in my column this week for Black Press, I mean, they better be careful here because if you don't learn from history, you're bound to repeat it, right? So... Hopefully the Lions can uh, come up with a better effort and a little bit more energy. And that's one of the things that Coach Rick Campbell's been really stressing at practice and, you know, throughout the course of the last couple of weeks is just keep bringing the energy. And, once you know, if the Lions bring the energy and play with that energy, they should be fine. Because they got two games coming up where they're going to be significant favorites. 
tomorrow against the Red Blacks, and then their next game, uh, the following Friday, is in Edmonton against the Elks. The Elks look better, a lot better than they did earlier in the season. I wonder if that could be a trip up game before for the Lions as well before they get to their two big back to back games. First against the Riders at home, and then against the Blue Bombers at home. Yeah, and you know you look at what Edmonton's been able to do with Trey Ford, a quarterback, extremely mobile guy, runs around. But you also have to remember this is a kid. I think he's limited to what seven or eight college starts, if that's the number. Um, in, in his last year. So to me, the, the big question with Trey Ford is, can he make the throws from the pocket? So keep him in the pocket. Don't allow him to you know, run around and improvise. If you keep him in the pocket and make him a passer, um, I think it bodes well. But, you know, Edmonton is a much better football team with Trey Ford, a quarterback, than with Taylor Cornelius. So, again, that's it's another great point is the fact that when they do play Edmonton, it's going to be a much better Edmonton Elks team than they faced the first couple of times when they shut them out. Uh, Moj, let's talk about the Seahawks, if you'll allow us. Uh, it was a pretty depressing effort against the Rams in week one. Um, what do they need to do in Detroit to avoid going to 0-2? Man, um, if you're a Seahawks fan, I'd be extremely concerned. Of all the games in the first week, that was probably one of the ones, if not the one, that shocked me the most. Um, and they need a win. Simply put, if you do the math, if you look at the numbers, since 2007, 125 teams have started the season off by losing the first two games. How many do you think made the playoffs? No idea. 13. Wow. Hmm. Right? So 13 for 125, that's, I don't know, around 10% or just a little over 10%. Uh, and one of those teams actually was, the Cincinnati Bengals last year. And I think the sea and, and I know the Seahawks did it a couple of years ago as well, but man, it, it's such tough sledding. If you dig yourself into that hole. And if you look at the Seahawks, man, I mean, ideally, I heard you guys talking about strategies and what teams should do. And when you guys were going over your picks, ideally for the Seahawks in their perfect world is to put points on the board, make other teams one dimensional and basically force them into passing situations and, you know, try to make games and attract mates. Because everyone's talking about the Seahawks and their run defense. Ironically enough, their run defense wasn't that bad against the Rams. But yeah. their, their secondary got lit up. And one of the reasons why everyone's saying, well, the secondary has to improve their play. Well, when you don't get to the quarterback, yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I don't think he needed to shower after that game. Mm-hmm. He got hit twice. Mm-hmm. He didn't get sacked. I mean, dude didn't even need to, like, like I said, they didn't even need to wash his jersey. So, like, you look at the Seahawks' pass rush, they have to be able to get to the quarterback. And if they don't, it, it might be ugly. And the other thing that scares me about this Seahawks game is their offensive line. I mean, no Abraham Lucas, no Charles Cross. It looks like one of them. Well, obviously, one of them went on the, the injured reserve. Yeah, the other one Abe Lucas did. Questionable. So, to me, I mean, uh, and, you know, the drop-off that they have of those tackle spots is huge. I mean, they had to go and sign Jason Peters, who's like, I don't know, 58 years old. Um, so, to me, that's that's another huge concern for the Seahawks is, you know, what are they going to do offensively when they have two tackles that are out? Well, it's funny. Pete Carroll was talking about it after the game. He kind of mentioned what you mentioned about the secondary um, being in a tough position because there was no pass rush. But he also added that the pass rush was in a tough position because the secondary wasn't covering guys. So there was never a moment when Matt Stafford had to look up the field and go, oh, there's no one open. Now I gotta, yeah. you know, now I gotta pull the ball down a little bit, and and I'm gonna have to take some more time. That makes it harder on the pass rush. So it was the worst of both worlds 
against the Rams. So in reality, I think both of the areas have to improve if the Seahawks have any chance at Detroit. Yeah, I agree. But to me, the pass rush is where it starts. Because what you want to do, and Julio Caravetta always talks about this, quarterbacks have this internal clock, right? And when you're not getting to a quarterback, that internal clock is it's running for a while. Um, if you are able to get pressure on the quarterback, all of a sudden he feels like he has to almost hurry every play, right? Not necessarily that he has to, but, you know, he feels like he's going to get that pressure. He feels like he has to make a quick throw. So to me, it really does start with a pass rush. And, you know, personnel-wise, what are you going to be able to do? I mean, you can't really do that much. The one hope that Seahawks fans might have is when Jamal Adams returns. But even then, you know, there's a lot of question marks. There's question marks about how he was deployed the last time he was healthy. Will he be healthy? You know, there, like, like I said, I mean, will he be effective coming off this quad tendon surgery that's knocked him out for a significant period of time? So, to me, there, there might be some hope there. But at the same time, there's also a lot of question marks in terms of what he might be able to do for the pass rush. We're speaking to Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Breath Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj is a presentation of the West Coast Auto Group. Great service, great selection just over the bridge in Maple Ridge. Moj, we got to ask us anything for you. It's football-related, and it's about something we were talking about on this show. John in Canby Village wants to know, Moj, as a former player and longtime coach, can you please comment on Halford's take that red zone is the best way to consume the NFL on Sunday? So in case you missed this earlier, um, I was talking about how much I enjoy red zone and how it's moved to the prominent role in my viewings on Sunday. And I actually kind of get fidgety and stir crazy when I'm watching just the regular game being broadcast because there's so many breaks. Your thoughts, Moj? I'm not a red zone fan, um, and I heard you guys talking about it. For me, I'd rather just kind of focus on one game. And, and you know, I, I, red zone is great in the sense that if there isn't that one game that you're focused on or it's a dud or whatever, you can kind of turn red zone on and watch some of the games and then maybe kind of then get into the game itself. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge red zone guy. I personally like using the, the zone package. And what I do, I have the ability with the zone package to kind of split into as many games as I want. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, you know, I might do that sometimes. But usually I'm a one-game type of guy. I'm not really into, like, watching red zone because the fact they just kind of flip all over the place. Well, anytime a team gets into the red zone, obviously. But they're flipping all over the place all the time. I'd just rather either watch one game or break it up into four, and then I can kind of zoom into the games when things do become a little interesting. I've gotten so old now that I continue to marvel at the ways that we can watch games compared to when we were kids. Like, it is it is incredible how much sports we can watch. We can watch it when we're just walking around outside on our phone. Like, it just, it just seems like a thousand years ago that, like, there'd be, what, eight Canucks games on TV in a year? Well, it's crazy because... You know, I always talk about this with fantasy sports, and for us, obviously, being into fantasy baseball for, like, since 1990, our league's been around, so think about that. But, okay. you know, I remember, like, guys would have pools, and they do the stats by hand. they get the province on Tuesday or Wednesday or the USA Today and do everything by hand. That's crazy. Now, like, you go on your phone, you got live scoring. I mean, you can watch a game anywhere on your phone. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, hell, I remember Canuck games as a kid. 
you could only watch a Canuck game on a Wednesday mm-hmm. or Saturday, and that was just they're lucky enough to be on Hockey Night in Canada. So yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy in terms of the technology and how it's evolved. Remember having to work hard to find out of a, find out the score of a game that you missed. Mm. You'd be like, you're like, how how can I find out the score of it? Like. You just think about it. You're like, I guess I could just ask someone if they've read the newspaper or something. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. Anyway, we're old, Moach. Congratulations. We made it this far. Yeah, well, even like box scores, too, right? Like, I mean, I remember like the late, the, the West Coast games wouldn't be in the province, right? Yeah. And then, like, you'd almost have to wait like two days later, even like an <laughs> NHL game if the Kings yeah. are playing or, you know, heaven forbid, the California Golden Seals or whatever the case may be. You'd have to wait like two days almost to check out the box scores, right? And like I said, now it's all instantaneous. Boom. It's right there on your phone. It's it's absolutely yeah. crazy how sports has evolved. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, you couldn't even get box scores. Like, I mean, none of the carries, none of the sports carried box scores. The only way I got my baseball fix as a kid was by getting the sporting news every Saturday. And I'd go down to the Royal Towers in New West at the thing, and I'd get the sporting news. I'd come back, and I'd be looking at all the stats and all that stuff. Now it's like, it's crazy. I mean, you get, like I said, everything's all just instantaneous on your phone, whether it's stats, whether it's updates. Um, it's just, it's, it's actually, it's, it's pretty cool because if you're a sports junkie, you're getting your fix. Yeah, it's incredible. Thanks, Moj. Enjoy the weekend, pal. Thanks, bud. Okay, guys, have a great weekend. See you later. That's Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Brush Show on Sportsnet 60. So a reminder, Moj will be on the call. Lions, Red Blacks, 4 o'clock Saturday from BC Place. This, this, see, this is why you can't watch just watch a game. You can't just settle in and watch a game. You're, you're just being inundated with all this information. Yeah, and the dopamine in your brain is like, give me more, give me more, give me more. I can't focus on anything. So it's not my fault. It's just the way... It's technology's the, fault. The way the information is being presented to me. Mm-hmm. I get that. Okay, uh, quick reset here. We got about 45 minutes left in the show. We're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Adam Sandler open up His stand-up tour that's happening this fall starts October 12th here in Vancouver at Rogers Arena. The best what we learned and or ask us anything will get you the tickets, but you need to put a ticket emoji in your text. I cannot stress this enough. The ticket emoji enters you into the draw for a pair of tickets to see Sandler. Sandler. Do stand-up later this fall. We're also giving away tickets all next week as well. So we're going to do those. Uh, We've got a bunch flagged already. Does anybody have, and I know I'm throwing everybody on the spot, but does anybody have a What We Learned that we can do right now? A-Dog apparently has one, which is huge. Jason has one, which is not as huge because he usually does his job. I have something to contribute to the (laughs) previous conversation. (laughs) Okay. Something stupid I thought of when I was a kid. Not you. Okay. okay. Um, You go first, then. Want me to do one of those? Real quick. I I told you guys during the break, but I finally thought of something that I was... I thought Hamilton was nice. (laughs) No, I never thought that. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a young goalie, like before I actually became a goalie, I thought when the power play was ending and they banged their stick on the ice, I thought it was just because the goalie was bored and wanted more shots. Ah, right. And was just saying, hey, guys. Oh, that's actually not bad. Yeah. And then I, then I started me. goaltending and I realized, hey, it's actually a, a reason they do that. Pay yeah, attention yeah, to me. That. Let me play. Yeah, that makes sense. They're that's all lonely bad. back there, all by themselves. You know, power plays down at the other end. Yeah, and yeah you'd be banging, banging your stick on the ice. You'd be like, okay, guys, come on down here now. I want to play too. Right. Yeah, that's what okay, I thought when I was give us, Give us a moo cow on that. If that is what, what I unlearned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I learned is that uh, Colorado State has a football team. I didn't know that. I have never heard of Colorado State 
football before. I've heard of Colorado. But now I know because Colorado State, and they're called the Rams, yep. coach Jay Norville, I'd never heard of either, um, for some reason decided to take a shot at Deion Sanders' habit of wearing a hat and or sunglasses during news conferences. Mm-hmm. And the two teams are meeting, Colorado and Colorado State in the Colorado Bowl. I don't know. I don't think that's what it's called. Whatever. Uh, and he said, uh, do, we, do we have the audio on this? Okay, let's, so let's hear from, are they both going to be together? Because there's the Jay Nor. Okay, here's, so here's the, the head coach of the Colorado State Rams. And I sat on with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked <laughs> Shots okay. fired. So Boulder is where the University of Colorado is. Right. The Rocky Mountain Showdown is the name of the game, and it goes tomorrow, the annual game between Colorado and Colorado State, in Boulder. So Deion Sanders, of course, has been one of the biggest stories in college football, and Colorado is 2-0, and I believe, and Colorado State is, I think they're 0-1, I think they lost to Wazoo. So they've got this big game, and for some reason, the Colorado State head coach decided to take this shot at a very popular figure right now in college football in Deion Sanders, and Deion Sanders... Um, addressed his team about this, and here's what Neon Dion had to say. I'm out of my own business watching some film, trying to get ready, trying to get out here and be the best coach I could be. And I look up and I read some bull junk that Dan said about us. Talk to us. Once again, uh, talk to us. Why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts off, and do our job on Saturday. But when they give us ammunition, they unmessed around and made it. It was just going to be a good game. They unmessed around and made it. It was going to be a great test, a battle of Colorado, but they unmessed around and made it. So it could, he got them to do that in cadence, and I'm, it wasn't planned. There was no way he's like, guys, and then when I have a break, you say personal. Like they were just, the guys were so fired up. This is the dumbest move in coaching history. Yeah. Because he is going after, if you Google best trash talkers all time in sports, every stupid Bleacher Report article has Deion Sanders in the top five. Every slideshow has Deion Sanders in there. If there was one thing he was known for, aside from being an unbelievably talented athlete and one of the best defensive players in NFL history, is that he talked and talked. And that's what drove people nuts is because they're like, well, he talks a lot, but he's also the best. So here's what Colorado has done, the Colorado Buffalo so far under Sanders. Uh, They upset TCU in week one, 45 to 42. It might have been week zero, actually. I don't know, whatever. Uh, And then the next week, they hosted a pretty bad team in Nebraska. Like, Nebraska football has fallen off in a big way. not your dad's Nebraska. They they smoked them 36-14. to And now they've got Colorado State at home. Now, they probably weren't going to, quote-unquote, look past Colorado State because it is the in-state rivalry. And it's it's a a big deal with them. But I don't think they were going to be motivated like they are now because they made it. Personal, right? Okay, the dogs are still catching on, but we'll 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 do this. They're all supposed to yell at um, that point. The Colorado, at the very least, bark. The Buffalo, personal. Okay, <laughs> mono. <laughs> Don't the the uh, so Colorado is now a twenty three and a half point favorite 
at home to Colorado State. Well, the other, the so we'll br- see how that pans out for the old Rams of Colorado State. So the Rams of Colorado State and their head coach, Norville, who I think was an Eddie Murphy character in one of those funny movies. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Memento. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it was 50 first dates. Uh, that was the movie, by the way. Um, they got pummeled last week. Or sorry, two weeks ago when they opened their season. They got blown out 50 to 24. Now, Wazoo's like top 25. They're a good team. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty decent but team. But yeah. you got annihilated at home in your opener. I don't think you should be talking, period. You should be like, we should just really focus on ourselves right now. I don't know what this guy's endgame is, Norval. I don't know why he chose to do this. I don't know why. Of all the things to go after... You would go after a football coach wearing sunglasses and a hat. Yeah, I think he looks cool. He does look cool. Have you ever tried? To, I, I actually, I'm always impressed by the, the celebrities that have um, wearing sunglasses as one of their things. Have you ever tried to watch wear sunglasses inside when it's like not super bright out? Like you're not in like a casino in Vegas. Right. It is quite difficult. It's hard. It's difficult. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all blurry and dark. Yeah. You're like ah, I can't see it. Anytime damn I see somebody thing wearing in here. sunglasses indoors, I'm. I'm making fun of them in my head. It's ridiculous. Right. But so, not, not out loud because they could be dangerous. Yeah, you don't know could, what yeah. lies behind those glasses. Yeah. Or they might just have a light sensitivity issue. And yeah, then but And then you're making fun of someone with a light sensitivity. Yeah, but jerk. let's be honest here. 1% maybe. Right. I'll take the risk. Mm. <laughs> it's difficult, <laughs> For though. the sake of comedy, I'll take the risk. Yeah. yeah. We should do that, actually. That should be our thing. Sunglasses. Sunglasses. Indoors. You know, the lights are bright in here. They are bright, yeah. I'm not going to lie. All right. So give us a moo cow on that. Uh, so one last chance. Text in. Uh, you're asking us anything. I have a really, really quick what we okay, learned. for God's sake. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We can do it on the other side. It's, it's fine. A, we'll it's kick a, off. It might be a good way to go out, though. Uh, okay. You do. Is it a tiny one? It's a very tiny one. Yeah, okay. You go ahead. Can oh. I finish? Oh, yeah. I'll let Brock finish first. That whole thing yeah. that I was doing about texting in your what no. we learns or ask us anything's into the Dunbar Lumber text line Put at 650, on, 650. Put it on hold for a sec. He obviously wants to do this going to break, so finish what you had to say. I'm done now. It is. Okay. Andy, you're going to take us to break, I presume? We're yeah. Kill the mood right before is what we learned. All right. Go ahead. Are we good your, now? Hey, Poor g- dog. Hey, give us your tiny one. All right. <laughs> I learned it's somebody's birthday today. Hey, up yours, Springfield. One, two, three, four. Hell, you old bastard. Hey, I think they liked us. Mr. Burns' birthday today, September 15th. I just thought... Really? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I can't is. believe you pulled that. I, I know. It's have a, the Rolling Stones killed. <laughs> there it is. I've been thinking about this all month. <laughs> September 1st hit. <laughs> More hilarity. I'm glad you. you interrupted me. Wasn't it worth it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, stick around. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. <laughs> Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, Two on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. 
Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. We're in the back half of hour three. Last half hour of the last show of the week because it's a Friday. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Okay. We are going to do a couple things here. We're going to give away the tickets to see Sandler. Yes, Sandler. Uh, but before we do that, we have to fire up the dot matrix. Sent out some humanoid submissions for what we learned. What we learned is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at GetFirePlan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! A-Dog is going to announce the winner of a pair of tickets to see Adam Sandler in Vancouver on October 12th. Andy, take it away. Yeah, the uh, winner, uh, although... I can't give you their information yet. Uh, goes to the Ask Us Anything for, uh, which we talked about earlier, and it was with much hilarity ensuing. If you had to save your grandma's house from foreclosure, what sport would you be able to pick up to earn enough money? Darts? Matt, not on the island. So congrats, Matt, on, not on the island. You're going to Adam Sandler. Yeah. Well, it's convenient that he's not on the island then. Yeah. Not on the doesn't island. Have, doesn't have to take the ferry. What yeah. if he is on the island, you guys? Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> totally something that someone on the island would say, that they're not on the island. Okay. Uh, let's get into the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket here. Do some ask us anything and what we learns. Uh, someone texted in a, what we learned about BioSteel. I don't have it directly in front of me, but the gist was uh, what I learned is that BioSteel has gone bankrupt. Yeah, in, in what we learned, yes. why don't I read it? Thank you. What we learned, BioSteel, NHL, the NHL's massive sponsor, has filed for bankruptcy. So what happened here was BioSteel was bought in 2019 by um, a marijuana company, Canopy Growth. And yes. at that time, thank you for that. Uh, at, at that time, um, marijuana stocks were through the roof. Like the Canopy Growth, I think its market cap was like 16 or $17 billion. So they were like, we got all this money, we got to buy stuff. Sure. And I think they had some sort of idea that maybe – um, BioSteel could have some products that were like CBD infused. So there could be some... Uh, a marriage of the two companies. A marriage of the two companies. Uh, I don't know if you've had any marijuana stocks, but uh, they are not worth what they used to be worth. In fact, I think Canopy Growth has gone from like $17 billion to like $300 million in terms of market cap. So they're basically like, we we got to sell stuff. So here's what I... When I was reading through this story... What I didn't, because I, my initial, again, I'm not the deepest thinker in the world and I don't really follow any sort of business side of things. I just assumed <laughs> that BioSteel was killing it because it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. I'm like, wow. Well, I think the revenues are, are, are good, but the problem is, is they've had a lot of upfront costs in terms of marketing and sponsorship. So they're throwing out all this money trying to get BioSteel's name out there. And they thought, when they were bought by Canopy, that that was the type of company that had a lot of money and they were going to be able to take it to another level. And then all of a sudden, Canopy co- collapsed in a way. Mm-hmm. And then they had BioSteel. They were like, 
doesn't make sense anymore. So I don't know how they actually were able to kind of like spin off BioSteel and then BioSteel was by itself and like, oh, we can't survive without you. But I So I think what BioS what what's happening here mm-hmm. is BioSteel is filing for bankruptcy so they can get out of some of these contracts. Okay. So I think why this person said like they're a major sponsor of the NHL Will they be anymore? Because if they're bankrupt, one of the reasons you go into bankruptcy, if not the main reason you go into bankruptcy, is to get out of those contracts, and then someone comes in and buys you, and you're much better positioned going forward. Because the the revenue and the sales, it wasn't like jaw dropping numbers. Like they doubled year over year, but uh, the numbers, the first three months of 2023. This is from Darren Ravel on Twitter. BioSteel pulled in $17 million in revenue in those first three months. It cost them $150 million to do it. So they were just, like, getting annihilated with the amount that they... I liken it to you spent a ton of money to have your product out there and visible and look like everyone was consuming it. But the mm-hmm. reality of it was not everybody was consuming it. And anecdotally, I don't know a ton of people that buy it with regularity or have any brand re- like affiliation yeah. to it because there's a million sports drinks. And the kids are all drinking Prime now. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and then in three months' time, they'll probably be drinking another one. Yeah. That's a really weird, but I think the big competitive market, The right? big thing was they lost their big-time backer. And sure. they're not in a position right now where they can make ends meet. Um, I think they're going to get bought by someone, but I don't know... Um, after they deal with some of their obligations, I think they'll probably get bought, but I don't know where they're going to end up. Uh, ask us anything unsigned. Why wouldn't the New York Jets try and go get Matthew Stafford? I've seen this floated, right? Because the Rams have kind of sold off some veteran pieces since winning the Super Bowl. And I don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to be around for their next competitive arc and cycle. Right. The problem, I think, is going to be the Jets side of things. Like, it does not sound like the Jets think that Aaron Rodgers is done, it, despite the fact that he's got a very significant injury at the age of forty. Like, well, what are their options right now? I mean, one of their options is just to hold out hope that Aaron Rodgers is back next season. Yeah, and I think you just have to say, you know what? This year, the cosmic, you know, fate and the the, the stars aligned in a bad way for us, and it didn't work out. But Stafford would be very difficult. I think the price would be very high in terms of draft capital, because you know that the Rams are like, <laughs> you've got a problem. I don't know about that. I well, think it would. Maybe. Yeah, because I mean, the, for the Rams, it's like, well, you know, unless we're getting a really good deal, mm-hmm. we're not sending them out east, right? Right. But I think, I th- and I stress think, because this could all change this weekend, but I think that they're genuinely going to just go with Zach Wilson and not, and if they do bring in a guy, like they revitalized Joe Flacco from wherever he's sitting and like, you want to come play football? I think he'll just be there to serve as a backup. Like, I don't think they're going to bring in someone to engineer this thing. I think for better or worse, and chances are it's going to be worse, Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback this year for the, well, the Jets. Well, let's see how it goes in week two at Dallas Yep, for those guys because that's a really tough task for that team. Uh, unsigned what we learned. What I learned is Travis Hunter on the Colorado Buffaloes is an animal. He plays safety and wide receiver and is the best at both positions. He played 144 snaps in their game against TCU, mm-hmm. made two picks, uh, a couple touchdowns, and he still had gas. <laughs> like, not bad gas, but like... The good know, gas. Fuel. Petrol. He's a monster, and prime, Deion Sanders, will let these guys play both positions. I wonder if he's the next Dion to play both sides of the ball. Was Dion the last guy to play both sides of the ball? 
Because um, that's kind of like, you know how uh, Otani, one of the most remarkable things, is he's a great pitcher and a great hitter, and we haven't really seen anything like that in Major League Baseball since, you know, Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, is that perhaps going to be a thing going forward? Because people have wondered if it's going to be a thing going forward in baseball, if, if players... You know, the younger players are going to look at Otani and be like, hey, coach, I know you said I'm a pitcher, but that doesn't mean I want to give up on hitting because hitting's fun. Okay, here's the thing. Even with uh, Dion, he didn't play both sides of the ball with regularity. Like when he came in on offense, it would have been like... A, a, was it like a gadget player, yeah, like, like an end around or something like that? I or? think like Mike Vrabel. Remember yeah. Mike Vrabel would come in and catch a touchdown every now and again, mm-hmm. right? Despite largely being a linebacker. There's been like Patrick Peterson has done it more recently. Um, I want to say who's oh Devin Hester was a cornerback and then he would play kick returner and then he would play wide receiver a bit. Yeah. So guys like that. Have well, existed. special teams doesn't count. I don't count that. But he did all three. That's all. I'm saying. Yeah. That no. Travis Hunter just plays all the snaps. Right. He's a regular <laughs> regular contributor on offense and defense. So he's more in the Otani mold. Mm-hmm. Like in a game where Otani pitches and hits. You're like, God, you must be tired. You're doing everything out there. Like, this is really impressive. And that's what he's doing. So the concern does is... Does he do it? Does he do it everything in one well, game? I, I mean, he... Laddie, ha- does Otani pitch and hit in the same game? He has. Right, okay. He's doing it with far less regularity now because the concern, like with Travis Hunter, is you're going to burn the guy out physically. Right. So they're saying, like, it's great that they're doing this. And Dion is obviously trying to boost the kid's draft stock mm-hmm. and by allowing him to do it. But the the concern is he's going to get hurt, right? I feel like pitching and hitting, like you shouldn't be tired after that. I'd be tired after hitting. If I was a designated <laughs> hitter, I would be tired. I was like, those four at-bats tonight. I don't know, man. Uh, James, the unemployed film worker, what we learned, my 11-year-old son's stay-home-sick game puts mine to shame. I need to moan three times louder and twice as much what? next time I call my boss on a Friday. Uh, he's saying that he's... No, I know. Uh, but he's an unemployed film worker, and he's talking about moaning three times harder. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, talking about he, a side gig, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But did you guys... How often would you guys, as kids, be like, I need a day off, I'm, and I'm not feeling super sick, but I could I could use a day off. I, think I, I, I might go, lean into this. I think I may be going through one right now with the boy. I think, really? I think he's in. The well, it's because it's the start of school. Yeah. And no one wants to go to school I never now. Did that. And you never I was did. The, I was the perfect attendance weirdo. Wow. Yeah. That did you get weird. a trophy for it? You get like a certificate. <laughs> did you get one? Yeah, oh, can you please bring it? I, know. No, I don't still have it. <laughs> put it yes, up you the, do. Put it up in the yes, studio right do. behind it. Is it I'm, still on your resume? It's my goalie nature. I can't <laughs> not show up for things that I'm supposed to be at. It feels wrong. I right. got to be there. On Every time. once in a while, though, I'd be like, you know, I just seems day off, and I want to watch uh, Andy Griffith's show and Leave It to Beaver, maybe some game shows. <laughs> as, and... as, as a youth, once mm-hmm. I figured out the American sporting schedule, my sick days would often coincide with American Thanksgiving because there was football on all day. And the Wow. Fir- yeah. I didn't even know about that. Oh, we're talking elementary school. Once I figured it, because one time I, I stayed home sick, accident, I was actually sick, right. as I call it, accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, like, you're actually sick. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going to waste my sick day being sick. Uh, <laughs> so, and I stayed home, and there was football on all day. And I was like, what is this? And then I realized that was an American tradition for Thanksgiving. The other one, this was more a high school sick day, but when uh, the first two days of March Madness, always sick from school. Mm -hmm. That was prime binge time. Because the game started at 9 o'clock in the morning. 
And then it was just basketball on all day. I didn't do it much, but in high school, I definitely remember not going during the Noggin Olympics very much. Like any time Team Canada played, I just would get permission right. beforehand. I'm like, I'm pretty much my parents. I'm like, look, I'm getting up at three or four, whatever, in the morning to watch yeah. this game. Could I please not go to school today? And they're like, oh, that's fine. Olympics well, high school was awesome. He was like, I'm not going to school today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. I had one class this day anyways. So. Uh, Olympics is an underrated one, though. That's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's basically anything where there's just hours and hours of programming. I recall doing it in 2014, too, in radio school at BCIT and a couple professors. Do you, guys, do you guys remember the first class you skipped in high school? Uh, yeah, yeah, math no. Math 11 to play hacky sack. Yep. Math 11 to play hockey But I was stupid, and I played it right outside the classroom, like through the windows, like the teacher could see us playing. Skipping school was a hell of a drug, man. Maybe that's why we all have the dreams now about being unprepared for exams. Mm -hmm. It's because you skip school, and you're like, I am unprepared for this. We used to go, we used to skip class. It would be like, we're skipping woodwork today. Like, I'm not going to be a woodworker, right? (laughs) And I wasn't going to be. My woodwork teacher was named Mr. Wood, by the way. I'm not not making that up. I'm not making that up. But we'd skip school and go to like the elementary school, which was like right beside the high school. Where we, we, no, no, where we all went, used to go. Oh my God. Please please finish this sentence quickly. Shut up. Shut up. I don't need to hear the end of this story. I think, no, no, no. Let him dig his whole out. We'd go play basketball on the, uh, uh, nine foot rims. Oh, okay. Like, oh look at us dunking like the NBA. <laughs> I panicked there for a second. I was like, yeah. Are we gonna have to go to break here? Yeah. We used to skip school to go to the elementary school, and then we weren't allowed within 500 feet of one. <laughs> Is Bruff about to commit a crime on air? Uh, we used to go to the elementary school and do drugs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was easier to get away with it there. Um, no, skipping school. I remember I, well, this is, this is, this is dating me age wise, but I, in grade nine, I took a keyboarding slash typing class. I took one of those too. That was the best class I took in high school. The, mo- the most valuable. The ASDF, JKL, SEM. We use, we use real typewriters. Yeah, yeah I was on yeah. typewriters yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was an electronic typewriter, but nevertheless. So the teacher. Ooh, electronic I typewriter. had Mario teaching yeah. me typing. Mine created smart deal. <laughs> Mario. Um, Mario. So the teacher was a complete hard ass, which you wouldn't think for a typing class. They'd put him in a better class. But, mm-hmm. And he w- he was good. Like, I actually got better at typing, but I remember I'd skip the class quite regularly. And one time he sat me down. He's like, do you think this is the kind of class that you can just blow off? And I was like, yeah, it's typing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was like, you must be on the same page as me here, Teach. But he wasn't. I got in serious trouble. However, that guy... And his vigilance and ability to hammer home. I'm a great typer. One thing I do really well. I, don't, I can type it close to... I think it's called a typist, isn't it? I don't know. We never got the lingo. Down. <laughs> I was just too focused on typing. Yeah. But I'm, like I, and I'm not saying this as... A humble, I want to be a good typing guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't a humble brag. It's not a brag. Yeah, I hope it doesn't good. come across as such. But I can type super fast. Right. That's and good. Everyone always minute, says, what do you got? What's sorry? your number? What's your words per minute? Uh, 80s, 90s. Oh, I could be you. Hundreds. So, I don't know. I could okay. probably go faster if I needed to. I don't time myself because I'm so good at. Well, it. it's do interesting because Chuck in Vancouver hasn't asked us anything. If sports media was not an option, what do you think your career would be today? So, Halford, you'd be in the typing pool in the 1950s. Yeah, me and Nancy and Betty, <laughs> smoking and Chain typing. Smoking, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing our nails. I think we've got this one before. I don't know. Pro- probably real estate or something. That's what I was. You had a career before yeah. this. Yeah. You were in real estate. I was in real estate. Yeah, you had a, yeah. I did not have a career before this. I took a job at ING. 
You, a, you nearly took it, right? No, I took it. You took it, and they yeah. quit like two days later. I had to. They're like, I have to go. They booked me a ticket. I shouldn't be admitting this on the air, but whatever. They booked me a ticket to go to Calgary <laughs> for training, and I had to come up with some like lame excuse as to why I had to bail on everything. Right. I kind of felt bad at the time, but they're a big outfit. They'll survive. It worked out for you in the long run. Yeah, maybe it could have been really successful. You could have been a real tangerine guy. Didn't was, they change their name to that? Yeah, but I was going to be a commercial lines. Uh, insurance underwriter. Oh, that sounds fun. No, no, doesn't sound fun at all. Right up your alley. Yeah. Even when I took the job, I'm like, I'm making a decision here. This is going to dictate like what kind of life I have in a major way, right? I, I, I was settling into a pair of brown, sensible brown loafers, right? And I feel it, like you'd be like that employee that took the bank down. Like, no, did something irresponsible the, and. We hired this guy and our numbers just plummeted. <laughs> yeah. Take them he down. Made this crazy bet. <laughs> but not, in, yeah, like not intentionally. Like it was, I was like, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to take you down. I just made a lot of risky, risky propositions. That's it. But yeah. Uh, Marty the Red with what we learned. The Phoenix Suns are taking their games off regular cable and will make them available free over regular TV. Not only that, they are giving away free TV antennas mm-hmm. if you don't have one. Huh? This is the state we're in with the uh, regional sport networks. Right. Yeah. Are not enough people watching that the all, games, I'm guessing? Is that all re- No, is that all related to the Bally's? I think it is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say for sure. But, uh, yeah, handing out manual the new, antennas. The new owner, the new one. Uh, Matt Ishbia, who got into the shoving match with Nikola Jokic. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he decided to walk away from talks to extend their TV deal that currently existed with Bally. Bally, in case you don't know, is in massive financial... Uh, ruin, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to either like get out of a bunch of deals, or there's actually instances. I think it was with the Cincinnati Reds where the games just stopped showing up. Yeah, like, the D-backs not, as well. Yeah, like we're just yeah. not going to show your games anymore. So now you're back to rabbit ears and TV antennas, which he, is hilarious. Here's so. an ask us anything: If BioSteel can go bankrupt to get out of bad contracts, why can't Canada Soccer? Guys, whatever Jason DeVos said. I know he walked back that whole bankruptcy. He walked thing, it back because he didn't want to take any more questions on it. It is. It's in the play. It's, it's in play. Still in the cards. I declare bankruptcy. Like that he, was Jason DeVos. He gave an he gave an interview where he's like, "We're just exploring this to explore all avenues." Then he's like, "No, we're not. We're not considering because it, it it sounded so bad. Like, why you guys are going bankrupt? So, right? Because people don't really understand the process, but like." If you have bad contracts that are screwing your business up, yeah. filing for bankruptcy is a way to deal with that. This is I saw well, Sports like we got a new partnership with Miles Steel coming up. <laughs> I got a crazy idea. <laughs> Should get us out of this mess. Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, I am very unsophisticated in the ways of business and finance and economics, right? But one thing I do understand is that the public perception of the word bankruptcy is not unlike Michael Scott there, where it's like, how do I declare it? Do I just yell it? And then when you declare it, people align it with you're going out of business. Mm-hmm. You're, are you going to have a bankruptcy sale like that? So I had, a, I had a friend of mine locally whose company filed for bankruptcy, insolvency, et cetera. Right. right. And it kind of went, I don't want to say public, but it made a couple news outlets. And he said he was getting texts from friends that were like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, do you need help? Yeah. Can we help you find it? It's creditor protection. And he, so he had to explain it to them. I'm like, yeah, people hear the word and the word mm-hmm. has a very negative connotation. Well, it's it like, is a negative situation. It's not a good situation, but it's a solution. Yeah. In a lot of ways. What DeVos realized is when he said it publicly, mm-hmm. that was going to be the headline. Canada soccer exploring bankruptcy. Yeah. And so 
table as a solution. So can your business go bankrupt and then become successful again? Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so you restructured some contracts that you have, right? And then you go, okay, well, let's let's try again. All right. But the thing is, is when a uh, national sporting body puts it out there, especially with the backdrop of how dysfunctional can And one that receives federal funding. You're going to, that's going to be the headline. Yeah. You, and he didn't, I mean, the, here's the thing. He didn't need to say it. He didn't need to say what they were exploring. Yeah. He just did it. And that was it. And he stepped in and he walked it back. Well, bankruptcy, like this thing is what, uh, what's his name from Blackberry? Tried to do with the Coyotes. Jim Balsilli. So Jim Balsilli went to bankruptcy court to get out of the contracts that he was obligated with like Glendale, the lease in, in uh, Glendale at the time. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make the bankruptcy court make a ruling that I can go to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't work out uh, for him and it actually backfired on him, but like that was the plan. Yep. Okay. Uh, we're getting real close to time here. So uh, I, I want- wonder how many wrong facts we've passed along about bankruptcy, by the way. You know, there's probably like a bankruptcy expert listening who's like, you guys kind of have the gist. He's, he's got like, you guys have the general idea. You're talking to a former ING direct sales yeah. guy. So yeah, come yeah. on, he should know. No. Yeah. Uh, that that was such a that was going to be such a U-turn in my life because I was also oh, not not enthusiastic about it, but not prepared in the slightest because I I, I had no concept of anything I was about to well, deal people, with. Well, people, well you always was like, "Bro, you know business. You got a business degree from UBC." I'm like I'm like Dr. Nick when he looks back on his medical school, right? I'm just like all <laughs> yeah, I you want those honestly, all I see is a beer I see like a beer honey? garden and Arts County Fair and just like some very very gray visions of going to class. And yet still more equipped than all of us to talk about business <laughs> and economics. Okay, it's been a fun week. Thank you all for listening. Sometimes we go off the rails here, but I know some of you like it. I also know some of you don't, but whatever. We're back for another week next week. Enjoy all the action this weekend. Young stars. And young stars. That's right. Don't forget you can hear some of it on the sportsnet.ca 650 website. And Monday, we're going to be airing a game live. But for now, we got to go. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Alford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Again, I'm not the deepest thinker in the world.